amateur work. Silicone. It's good amateur work, but it's it's oh still gosh. amateur. Always. Uh, another episode of Mountaineer Kingdom Do Talk Real Men Manly Talk. Hi. Hi. Jared's new feel, place. Feeling the new mics and not new mics, but new cameras. New areas. Speaking to everybody. Do the white noise again. He actually did it. Thank you. Now we got our own sound effects. Well, Man, if we now. only had a soundboard. I'm not. No, I'm that not wasn't good. highly annoying. Um, Which app is it? And I'll I'll pull it up. Nope. I'll do it. Nope. Uh, it is good to be back. Good Don't to be recording. Um, when we left, we were starting to do some just one-on-one interviews, getting to know the the guys around the table a little bit. And today, our lucky winner is Ryan Newsom. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing well. Thank <laughs> doing you. Doing well. Um, I think it's always interesting to get to to get a little more information on the people that. We, we hope you listen to. Oh, no. <laughs> why do I get the sappy music? I, I don't know why we got to play random sounds into the well, microphone. That childhood. <laughs> Please, no. We're done with that. Mute him already. Oh, I'm telling you. No, mute him. We're going to throw another episode away. <sighs> Started out so well. I wish we edited. I muted him. I we wish, don't edit. That's our that's I our wish we did. That's now. our stick. <laughs> We do it live! All right, so we're getting to know Ryan a little bit. Mr. Ryan, tell us where you're from. Where were you born, buddy? I am from a small town, West Virginia. You don't want to give the name? Shinston. Yeah. I'm from a Shinston. So I was driving through there the other day. Yeah. You went to Lincoln High Lincoln School. High School. Mm-hmm. You were on the football team? I was. Did you guys ever run in the huge graveyard? Like, did they have you... No. Doing any? No. We used to run a big hill back in the day, but then they outlawed that. It just seemed like that would be a perfect place across from the high school. For a lot of people then. do walk and run there, but no, as, as far as football, no. Um, what was what was that like growing up in a small town? It was great. Shinston is a very, very nice town, small, small town feel. Everybody knows everybody and safe. Just it's a great place. I loved it. Yeah. And when did you guys move away from there? Uh, well, I went away to college, and then my my parents bought a house and left Shinston, but not too far away. And then after I graduated college, I moved to Fairmont. Okay, you have how many siblings? Two older sisters. You're the baby. I'm the baby. I thought you were the middle for some reason. You have like complete middle child syndrome vibe going on. <laughs> Dang. No, I'm the baby, but somehow I've, I've turned into the older big brother. You know what I mean? When That's you, weird. When you have two sisters, and I look older than both of them, so it just kind of falls in place. It's the beard. On, yeah. Now my sissies are very pretty women. They've aged well, and I'm not. You've not. <laughs> <laughs> um, with being the youngest, did they ever? Were you the favorite? They would say so. I mean, I'm, yeah, they would. There's just there's years between us, so it wasn't like it was ever a, a competition. You know, my older sister's nine years older than me, then my next sister's five years older than me, so we never had to compete with one another in high school sports and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was when I was doing my thing, it was it was just me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like all my sports, it was just me. High school sports, just me. Uh, so they would say I was the favorite. Now I'm definitely the favorite now. Because I just know how to talk to my parents. They don't. <laughs> Dang. You can unmute him I know, now. I know His the punishment's love, over. I know the love language. Um, and he mutes himself right. Oh, man, I think I hit a nerve over there. 
No, oh, no, he's starting to giggle again. I'm glad we did that. Um, how many sport did you? Was it just football, or did you do about everything? I played every sport, and then at the end of my freshman year, decided not to play basketball anymore, which I don't know why. I just didn't. Yeah. But football and baseball are my were my my sports. Now I know you're a huge LeBron fan. No, I'm not. <laughs> so LeBron or Jordan? Jordan. Easy, right? Easy. Magic or LeBron? Magic or, or, or Magic or LeBron? Uh -huh. Magic, because I hate LeBron. Even in talent, I don't, I don't hate LeBron. Strongly dislike. Strong dislike. What about Strong. Bird or LeBron? Bird. Yeah, Harry Bird was a bad man. Yeah. Um. So the youngest of three, um, and you went to college for uh, advertising and business. And well, you do some, you do business, but no advertising. Mm -hmm. Do you ever do get anything out there? No. Not really. Uh, you know, all your life you're told to get a college education. You'll get a job mm -hmm. and all this stuff. When I graduated, I moved away and tried to get into some advertising firms. And it's a, that's a tough gig to get into. One, they rarely are hiring. And two, they want your experience. Yeah. Even at entry-level positions. Mm -hmm. I went to interview for entry-level positions. They said I had no experience. Yeah, you have to like, right. get an internship mm -hmm. while you're in college. Yeah, it's tough. And then... The one place that actually gave me an opportunity was one. I was working in a restaurant, and uh, this advertising firm came in to do a commercial for the restaurant. And I approached the owner and said, "I have a degree. I'm, you know, I'm trying to get on." Yada yada yada. He kind of blew me off, and uh, so. He, but he did give me his card, and so I would just randomly email him every three or four weeks or something like that, mm -hmm. just kind of saying, "Hey, I'm still interested." And so my persistence got me an interview, and he offered me a job. But it was straight commission, no base pay whatsoever. And he said, I don't have time to teach you anything around here. You're through the whoop. You're to the whoops. And so as a young graduate, that kind of terrified That's me. It's intimidating. Yep. Yeah. In a, in a new city that I wasn't familiar with, too, it, it was terrifying. Uh, so before we jump into the college years, do you have a memory? Give me a memory, good and bad, that sticks out from childhood. Well, because I, I love sports, uh, baseball, our 12-year-old year. I remember vividly uh, talking to my friends. Uh, there, there was an old, I want to date myself, but VHS. Mm -hmm. There was an old uh, video tape of uh, the Little League World Series that I, I would watch every pre-baseball season. There was movies I'd watch. That one, Major League, okay. Field of Dreams, and The Natural. I'd watch all those to get all psyched up for baseball. And uh, so my buddies watched that video also. And so we were just talking before the, even, the season even started. Wouldn't it be cool if we made it to the state tournament? Because at that time, it hadn't happened for a long time. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, we, we made it. We made All-Stars, and we went to the state tournament and won a close one. But, you know, it was fun. So I, th that was a fun time. So that's a good memory. Something that sticks out from childhood that uh, that wasn't the best experience but may have shaped who you are that sticks out or so you know, life is perfect well, I really hate to say that but I mean I, I haven't had a whole lot of hardship I mean I'm thankful and, and it's all praise the Lord to the Lord my mom and dad found the Lord early in life mm -hmm. uh, and even my wife's mom and dad so even even to this day that doesn't mean I haven't had illnesses or death in the family or something like that but it, it was always my, my, my mom's mom and dad died when I was young but they loved the Lord and it was coped with the fact that we knew they were in heaven mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it wasn't like 
you know, sad, of course, losing grandparents at, at a young age, but a bad experience. Uh, I really can't think of a bad moment necessarily. No, that's good. It's a blessing. Um, let's jump to college. You went to WVU. Did you play sports in college? I wouldn't call it a sport. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> uh, what'd you do? Well, first I walked onto the football team, so I just want to point that out there. <laughs> WVU football is not a sport. Do you see how this is? He's building this up. I'm building it up. But uh, I did. I did walk on to the football team. It was, that was a neat experience. How that all fell into place. But I walked on as a long snapper for. Those that don't know, special teams for when you punt, long snapper snaps ball to the punter. I was good at that. Uh, I did that for a few weeks, but I wasn't able to continue because of my grades in college. You know, uh, I wasn't much of a studious person my freshman year of college. Um, but then somehow I got in the mix of being a male cheerleader. We're not judging. I, I called myself a stunt man. A stunt man. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was fun though. I really. I enjoyed it for some reason. Uh, it came naturally to me. I don't know why. Being able to mm-hmm. to do the stunts with with everybody and but the cool thing about that was I got to go to every away game for football. So I saw a lot of cool stadiums, a lot of great games, bowl games, and of course we basketball games also. So met a lot of people through it. Did so? Were you more of? Uh, I don't even know what you're going to have to educate me on this one. Were you more base like the base of the all, formations? All, yeah. Did you do any of the all the men on the team? Where we had a, a, a partner, mm-hmm. so it wasn't a base of of group, whatever you want to call it, group uh, formations. Mm-hmm. See, that's a highly. It's been a minute. Yeah. So, Josh, like I'm, I guess I'm trying to wrap my head around how you thought somebody's going to like throw Ryan. No, in the not air throw like, him, but I didn't know if you did I was any a flyer. Of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not that I didn't know if you uh, did any of the gymnastics side of it. Oh no 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 uh, no. I was six foot three, two hundred twenty-five pounds back in that day. I still couldn't flip. Good lord, what, what would it look like today? But um, no, I, I was just strictly stunt. And during games, um, our coaches always wanted us to to do a lot of motions and stuff. But me and my buddies, we watched the games. Now, when when we had to do like timeout, um, I don't know. What, I don't even know. I forget what they call them, but we'll call them performances, mm-hmm. like uh, timeout things. We'd have to go do the motions and stuff like that. So learning those motions was is awkward, honestly. Mm-hmm. Going from being a football and baseball player to doing arm motions for cheerleading. Did you do the high kick? No, <laughs> the dudes didn't do that. What? Just arms. <laughs> I just did the arm thing. No spirit fingers either. I'll tell you that. Go ahead. Come on. Nope. Not even once. No. Do they do it, it now. Do it live. Well, then they're not men. What? No, you do it right now live. <laughs> What? Spirit. I'm not doing spirit fingers. <laughs> I think we hit something. He has to. He has to make sure he can still feel his limbs. Uh, <laughs> um, what changed your perspective going into it? Uh, hey, I, I'm a walk on football. I was always a real sporty guy. What changed when you started cheering? What What was the biggest perspective change for you? Well, it's not as easy as people would think, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I, I was always. An athlete, I was always in good shape. But when I started doing that, I'll never forget how sore I was mm-hmm. at, at the beginning of it because you use totally different muscles. Every sport, you're going to use different muscles than you do for a, a previous sport. And it was crazy the muscles that you used that you didn't know that you, you used. Or you even that. had. Yeah, yeah, I mean, really. Uh, 
a lot of legs, a lot of uh, back strength, mm -hmm. and then even shoulders because there was a lot of for the, for the dudes. It was a lot of from here extending and flicking up to get the girls up to the hands yeah. position. But uh, a lot of coordination too, I'd imagine. Balance, uh, core strength. Yeah. So one of the things just to go just touch on it was uh it was a big deal within the male cheerleader realm it was called a cupie contest mm -hmm. and that was where you would hold both girls feet in one hand and hold it above your head and who could hold it the longest and so for my three football seasons me and my buddy uh we never lost we demolished teams that usually never lost like louisville mm -hmm. they're they're known to be like competition style teams where they they beat people all over the country didn't have a chance against us very that's cool and i know you remember it if you know the mountaineers back in 2000 and 2003 <laughs> they're still sore about all it. right youtube fans find these clips i don't know if there's any clips i mean they probably see some sideline stuff in games yeah mm -hmm. he's gonna find it right now so i will i, I, I will tap a little bit so I don't, I don't think anybody's done it since me, but I was the first person at WVU to do what's called a triple QP. Okay. That was three girls above my head at once. One hand. No, well, two hands. <laughs> yeah. But That's two, impressive. Two girls, or three girls above my head at once. So, I mean, they weren't heavy girls by any means, but still three of them, it was about uh, 350 pounds. I don't know why I just got an image of the movie Dodgeball. <laughs> <When> he, <laughs> the movie dodgeball when uh he goes oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he, <laughs> he goes in and it's like guy. it's really easy to he, oh. anyways great movie yeah um you can dodge a wrench you can dodge a ball so did you, you cheered your entire Is college career drink my own urine no <laughs> but i like the taste <laughs> it's but sanitary terrible what <laughs> um did you cheer the entire college career no three football seasons and two basketball seasons and i was just done um your story of when you realize you need to get back to Christ mm -hmm. is interesting. You share that with us. Sure. Um, at a young age, I gave my heart to the Lord. At a still young age, but older age, I gave my heart to the Lord. About 25, 30 times probably. Mm -hmm. But it never really took because it was just one of those, it was an emotional kind of thing. Uh, I grew up in a godly home. I, I believed in heaven and hell. I, I, I knew right from wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, high school, I didn't. I didn't get in too much trouble, if any, to be honest with you. But college came, and I did some stupid stuff. But then my senior year, I was in a bar, and I know now it was the Holy Spirit. But then I wasn't sure what it was. It was just a feeling that came over me. But I said, the the voice from what I heard was, "What are you doing with your life? You're not going anywhere." If you're going to continue doing the things that you're doing, mm -hmm. I wasn't a bad person, but you know, I was, I was partying a lot to be honest with you. And, um, what's a lot, a lot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a, uh, lot. a good bit, but I'll never forget though. And one of my friends was there and he even, he recounts this. Um, I looked him right in the eye. I said, I'm done. I'm, I'm graduating here shortly. I'm, I'm not drinking anymore. I'm not, doing the things that I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm getting right. And, uh, you know, a year and a half, two years after that, we were talking he said, you remember that conversation? I was like, yeah. He's like, you really did it. You really changed. And I said, it wasn't, it wasn't because of me. Mm -hmm. It was the Lord. 
So it was in the middle of a bar. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and asked me a question. What are you doing with your life? Yeah. And it can so, change like that. Yeah. Um, if you had a do-over in college, it's always an would interesting you take question. it or would you, hey, this is where I am? It's an interesting thought, interesting question. I think everybody would say I would do some things differently. Mm-hmm. But then you look at where you're at now, and I mentioned in one of our, our previous podcasts, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And from when people can come from things and be delivered from things because of the power of, of Christ, I really think that speaks to a lot of people dealing with those type of things mm-hmm. with is empathy because you can relate. Yep. So if someone is saying, I'm struggling with this and struggling with that, and a per- person that's never gone through it says, you'll be okay. Just give it to the Lord. They're like, How did, you don't know this. Well, I do know this. Yeah. yeah every scar is a bridge to someone's broken heart. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. And that's always an interesting phrase is give it to the Lord. How do you do that? I, well, I yeah, know how yeah, you yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. But, um, so from college, you moved to, was it Alabama? Alabama. I did that because I loved my friends. Some of them were like family, uh, but they were still on the path that I wanted to get off of. Mm-hmm. And I just, I knew that I need from my, my personality, I didn't have an addictive personality, which is great, but I had a loyal personality. Does yeah. that make sense? Mm-hmm. And, uh, if I stuck around, I wouldn't have been able to get away from it as, as I did. So I moved there because my oldest sister lives there. So it was a it was a a bridge. I, I was almost going to say crutch, but it was like one of those things where I, I want to go somewhere where I'm away, but also have somewhere where I can go and feel yeah comfortable, I guess. And you moved back. When you moved back, is uh, why did you move back? Because the Lord spoke to me again. Say, go home. To marry Mandy. So you had the idea of meeting, of marrying her in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's my girl. I'm going back. So we've known each other since we were seven years old. Mm-hmm. And I was in Alabama, and I was seeking the Lord. And and uh, so she worked for my dad in the summers because she's a teacher and was a teacher. And uh, so I'd always call and talk to dad, but she would answer. And so we'd have small conversations. But then I just, man, the Lord was putting her on my heart like crazy. And so one day, about four months before I even moved home, I said, hey, uh, I'm moving home shortly. She's like, oh, yeah, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to marry you. And she said, what? She, she had a boyfriend. <laughs> she had a boyfriend. We never dated. We always had a flirty, flirty relationship. But never dated. And uh, she had a boyfriend of two years. Nice guy. He really was. Um, is, probably. I don't know. I don't know him anymore, but he, he was nice. Uh, anyway, she was mad. Because she would admittedly say to this, I'm not making this up. She would say this, that she would have dated me at any time mm-hmm. going through high school and stuff. Whereas I would say probably I wouldn't have dated her. Not that I wouldn't have, but it wasn't, it was just like a, I lived in Shinson. She lived in Fairmont. It was just a flirty thing for me. Yep. Uh, but anyway, that, that whole chestnut was really, really cool because after a month of being home, well, when I got home, I caught her and said, I'm home. She's like, so? I was like, <laughs> right. Yeah. And she's like, I don't even want to talk to you for a whole month. I just let go. Oh, you go. really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I let go and I let God. And uh, a month later, she calls me. She said, we need to talk. So we talked one night. And uh, she broke up with a boyfriend the next day. And a few weeks later, 
I took her on our actual like first date. When I say first date, we hang out with friends and stuff, you know, group settings. I took her to dinner and proposed. So how long was, how long were you in a relationship before you proposed? Three weeks. Three weeks. That's why I'm like trying to do this in math here. I'm like, wait a minute, that was about three weeks. I thought there was a more of a, wow. No, but you know when. But you knew each other for a long time. Yeah, and you know my dad always said to me when I was growing up, don't ever date someone you wouldn't consider marrying. And when you're young and dumb and full of ambition, yeah, you think you know everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how would I know I want to date or marry someone unless I date them? That's that was my mindset. But when you're an adult and you're seeking the Lord and you're hearing Holy Spirit wisdom, mm-hmm. you're like, I know what He means now. So I just knew because you're not only marrying the person, you're marrying the family, you're marrying the lifestyle, you're marrying the generational curse or blessing mm-hmm. of that person. So, uh, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm marrying this woman. Very cool. Very cool. And then you've been married for how long? 15 years. Does it seem like it? No, really doesn't. Age age is just a number. Every year goes by. It's nothing to me, to be honest with you. A yeah. lot of people dwell on, oh, my gosh, another year's down. I'm my another birthday. It's a number. I still feel like I'm a 13-year-old idiot in my brain. And you we, act it. And we act it a lot. <laughs> we act like it a lot. So, so my wife told me, uh, she goes, Jared, you're 12. Everyone else you hang out with, they're 10. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, you're you're not, the t- you are not more you, mature than us. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now. Negative. <laughs> she, I thought she was smart. Negative. I thought she had an education. Um, so married several kids later, um, 50, 55 of them having, having your business, <laughs> serving the Lord. Um, can you tell us of a struggle in adulthood that you, that the Lord brought you through? Even if it's in, if it's in personal or, or your work life, what, because everybody has a testimony, and I'm, I guess that's my question, is when you go to tell your testimony, what is that? Uh, probably in, a, in adulthood, you know, business. It's a family-owned business, and we were hit with a, a fine. You know, we got DOT audited one time, and it was large. We're a small company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was definitely an attack from the enemy, so we had to really – bear down and trust the Lord and so we've been around for 76 years and that's because of of God's God's good my goodness God's goodness Mm -hmm. Um, and then to be able to do that with your dad who also has like faith it really means a lot because you know we're, we're encountered a lot by people that say how do you guys do this we'd be pulling our hair out if things were going on like things go on trucking business tough Mm -hmm. it's expensive um, but God, you know, the Bible says if we tithe and we give that he will rebuke the devourer for our sake. And can't, I can't tell you how many times that that's happened. Right. Could probably wouldn't even know how many times it's been prevented. Oh, that right. You don't know. Oh, about. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's your testimony is obviously trust in the Lord and father of the Lord. You're talking to your grandkids and they're going to tell stories about Papa one day. What do you want your legacy to be? As me, as a papa? At the end of your life, you look back, this is my legacy. What do you want it to say? 
Uh, I want I want my kids to tell their kids that their papa was an honest man. He had integrity. He loved the Lord. He loved his family. He worked hard. Played hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I just I just want to be remembered as I think for me I think honesty is a big thing, and I stress that to the kids. I I I want to be remembered as an honest person. Yeah. Um. Thanks, Sharon. I always think who's Sharon? Sharon. Um, thanks for sharing that. I always, I love. I mean, we know each other pretty well, uh, but there's always a nugget when you dive into stuff like this yeah. that people kind of remember as they go along. It's always fun to to get to know. The the three weeks courting of Mandy. I think that's a that's a pretty good nugget. That, that was interesting. You guys never knew this? No, mm-hmm. I knew it was a short time. I didn't realize it was that short. Yeah, it was about three weeks or to a month or something like that. A very very short time. Hey, you, felt, you failed to share that when you were doing your bio for the. Uh, for the marriage class that you taught the songs of Solomon I know that I know that I told it along the way but uh, I only went like twice so So he goes twice and it's your fault that he doesn't get all the information well his marriage is perfect and you're the 12 year old and we're 10 (laughs) I was offended by that I started doing other things (laughs) so in the church one more funny thing about that is you know I I bought the ring I I asked permission from her dad because that's what you know it's kind of what was that conversation like it was good. I mean, honestly, our family's been friends for that long, too. Um, <laughs> you know, you guys know her dad. But he's a very, very kind man, uh, very loving, loves the Lord, loves his family. And he, he loved me before me was family. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Sure. Well, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he loved me. He would have probably done anything for me, even – even before Manny and I were together. And I, I can go into another story in a minute about that. But um, So I, bought, I asked permission. I, I bought the ring because at the end of the day, permission doesn't matter. You're going you're gonna to marry who you want to, your adults. But I asked for permission, and he's, and he's like, it's a little early, don't you think? A little quick? <laughs> and so at that time, it was like end of, near the end of March, and I was like, "Well, I, I'm not going to propose now. I, I want to. I think I want to propose at the beach or something. We're going to go to the beach this summer. I, I think I want to propose." And then he's like, "Oh, all right, yeah. Well, obviously you, you have my blessing." That ring was burning a hole in my sock drawer. I looked at it every night. Oh well. Wow. I mean, you, you can call me sappy or weird or whatever, but I looked at that <laughs> ring every night. Could not wait to put it on her finger. I'm gonna cry. Jeez, it is. Here we go. This is the good stuff. This is this is where you get rejuvenated for your, your relationship. You know what yeah. I mean? When you talk about stuff, you get it takes you back and it, it makes don't you zoom appreciate in on me. it. May, zoom in right on that left eye. It makes you appreciate <laughs> right on the left. He eye. knew exactly what I was doing too. <laughs> it makes you appreciate when you sure. can relive it Absolutely. what it was like and it, it kind of rekindles it. Rekindles that, that, and that it's fire. Important. She gonna get it. <laughs> <laughs> Real men, manly talk. Um, see, this is what when, when dudes get emotional, we got it. You got to cut the tension. So you look at the ring every night, every. burning a hole. I just snorted. I, I know. Was, I was snorted. Uh, yeah, I looked at the ring every night, and uh, I'm sorry. I looked at the ring every night, and I, I literally, I don't even remember like what it might have been days. A few days, mm-hmm. maybe a week. It might have been about a week. <laughs> I called her mom. I said, "Hey, you remember how I was going to do this in July? Well, I'm doing it tonight." <laughs> and she's like, "Okay." And she she didn't care. I was like, "Okay." And she I said, "We we told Jeff." She's like, "He won't care, but yeah, I'll tell him." So yeah, we I took her out to dinner on the first date. 
But going back to how her her dad loved me anyway, but there was a time where a, just a funny story about my dad and, and her dad. They were boating one time on the river, and they were coming home at night. Couldn't hardly see. Mm-hmm. And my dad was driving his boat, and he was going, I don't know, probably 35 miles an hour. I think it was at the top speed for that boat. And all of a sudden, the boat stops. Dead. Dead. Stop. <laughs> and they they are like, what in the world? And Dad's like, what? What happened? What did we hit? And Jeff looked over and said, land. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like a, a, a river gravel deposit that comes out in the river. You guys know the river. And Dad full sent that boat. Not an inch was in water. Not oh, an inch. Not okay. An inch. So I'm in college. So he hit hard. Yeah, I'm in college. Dad calls me at 1.30 in the morning, and obviously I was at the library studying for my statistics exam. <laughs> and Dad says, I remember these words vividly. He said, I need you here at this time. Don't ask questions. And I'm not saying this, but I was a good son. I, I never asked questions. I just I, yes, had sir. That, I had that fear of my dad. You know, I said, I'll be there. And so I showed up and, and Jeff was there too. And again, I was a long, long session of studying. So I was tired and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I, I get there and we waller that boat off as much as we could. And then we had to actually get another boat to pull us off. Cause we tried What's waller. Well, we tried to use, uh, there's a name for it, but the, the lever action mm-hmm. on a big rock and a big, big board we tried to rock it off because okay. it was close enough to the water but it wasn't touching water you know anyway we we got the thing off and and jeff told dad he's like that was the moment that i loved ryan even more because he's like that was that was, he's, he, he said that really spoke a lot to him of my character mm-hmm. and just me and dad's relationship that we had like there was no questions asked i i went you know and then later I asked what in the world happened but at that moment Dad wanted the wanted that boat back in the water before daylight. <laughs> What's didn't want nobody to see it. I thought, we, see it. I thought we were wrapping up, but now it's reminding me of some some things that you're diving into. Mm-hmm. It was funny to hear Jeff tell me that story. Oh, you know the story? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When you think back, and we you said what you wanted your legacy to be. Uh-huh. What? I've met your dad a couple of times. Fun dude. He's, especially at the, some of the events, it's like I, I just I get that I get his his thought what stands out about your dad like what are you when you think of your dad he was the best man at your wedding right yeah he, yeah he's he's my best but i'm all croggy and jeez whiz so zoom uh, in zoom in no don't zoom in the right eye we got so the left when one. when i was a kid you know and i do this with my boys but when when i was a kid dad would always say to me who's your best bud yeah so you know obviously i was like you are so that was our that was our thing. That was I mean we I, I, it was a very loving family, uh, very huggy family. You know mm-hmm. we hugged each other. Um, we said so we love each other. You know we said I love you, but that was like I love you. Like mm-hmm. who's your best bud? Like out of nowhere that was like I'm just telling you I love you without saying I love you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when I asked him to be my best man, go ahead. You can talk in the mic. No, people see me cry. <laughs> so it's good for views. He, he, he would say, you "Who's go. your best bud?" And I would say. You are. That was our, I love you. That's so when I asked him to be my best man. Uh, we were on a campfire. And I said, hey, do you, you, you know? Jesus. 
Next question. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me about this. I said, you know how you used to ask me who's your best bud? And he said, yeah. <laughs> Nothing like a. This is the importance of fathers and being a man. Where's the violin sound? Bit no, 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 no. So I said, ask me who's your best man. That's yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Man, that almost got me. Um, and you've obviously, you've worked together for a long time. You have yeah. a, a close bond. and Since I was nine, I've been working at, at the family business, doing all kinds of things, trucking with them, plowing snow, doing random things. And that's what you got to do as a father, you know. Yeah. You learn by what your dad shows you, and then your kids learn by what you show them. And even if you're not showing them that how to do certain things, taking them with you is showing them you're going to work. Yeah. And, you know. So his legacy was he taught me how to work. He taught me how to love his kids. Love my kids, I mean, based on how he loved us. So. Yeah. One of the things my dad always um, would say to us, and it would it would hurt me every time, but now I realize it. I'm like, Dad, what do you what do you want, what do you expect of us when we grow? Because I just want you to be better than I am. Yeah. And I'm like, Dad, nobody's better than you. And I, like that that hurt me that he thought that way of himself, right. but it wasn't him belittling himself. He just wanted his kids to be better. And the reason I kind of felt we should, I didn't want to pry into this, but no, this is good. important because. What a godly, uh, what a godly man can do, in the home and how it affects generations, it, it, it's unmatched. Yeah. Um, and there is a difference of being a man in the house, and then being a man in the house that has a relationship with Jesus. Big difference. You can be a body that's just there, or you can be setting examples. And I'm not saying that you uh, relaxing at the house at night, you know, um, is a bad thing. Right. Um, but what we're doing with our kids is important because I think we learn a lot more lessons by watching our fathers than them just saying, Hey, remember this one day, especially, um, as a couple of years ago, we went to a volunteer and went to a kid's camp and I've done my time. I don't think I'll ever go back, but it, it, it was eye opening when skip went one year and he pulled some of the male chaperones aside and said, what these boys are learning from just watching you praise and worship the Lord when you put your hands in the oh, air. Oh, for sure. It, it, it's pivotal. And we need more men. And I'm not talking about toxic masculinity, although I think that's getting. Well, the, the word to, the word toxic is, is from the left, and it, it's making masculinity a bad thing. Yeah. So toxic means nothing in my mind. It's just we're not to be overly man. But do this because you get hair on your chest, but just be a man. Be a man that the Bible describes us to be yeah. and calls us to be. Um, that's important, and I think honestly, that's one of our big missions here is to have real manly, manly conversations and, and bring back or to take back what the enemy has stolen from us. Yeah. There, there's a way to do this and it's, it's fathers are so important and I'm not saying mothers are not. Well, I was going to say, you know, my dad was, was pivotal for me to learn how to be a man, but my mom and my two sisters were pivotal to show me how to treat women. Yeah. And you know, the, the family unit is important, whether people will say it or not. That I mean, yes, you can get by and you can survive, because there are a lot of single family homes. Sure, uh, sadly, 
it can be done, but it's harder. Yeah. And you're going to miss some of those things, whether you believe it or not or know it or not. You're going to miss some of the things that you learn with a mother and a father in the household. Yeah. Um, you know, I was just going to say, you know, we're all men here and we can be touched and we can cry. You know, uh, there's there's three reasons I cry. When the Holy Spirit comes on me, talking about my family, or when I'm mad. Now, the last one, you don't want to be near me. If I'm crying mad, yeah, it's something to get broke. But it's okay to cry when you're a man. And it's okay to admit that you cry. And it's okay to be crying over things that happened 15 years ago or over your, you know, how much you love your dad or your mom. It's okay. Yep. Agreed. Those are the good ones. This is why I feel like if I'd, uh, <laughs> I get a kick out of your personality. And if I'd have known you in college or high school, I don't know what that would have been like. <laughs> Because I like to uh, encourage people and to maybe stir the pot a little bit. <laughs> It'd been interesting. You never do that ever, ever. Um, but anyways, that's it, man. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, no being problem. honest, being vulnerable. You're up, Nick. St- stir the pot a little bit. What? Just a little, just to see what happens. Bow better. Yeah, there we go. We brought it out. A little bit per hour, maybe. <laughs> per second. Maybe sound like a bad person. Here. If you'd like to learn more about us, make sure you <laughs> I'll get right into it. Visit our website at mkdudetalk.com. This is worse than the soundboard. <laughs> Cam. Cam. Yep. That's how you get right out of the tier session. Share. Share, like, subscribe, all that jab crab whatever you want to call it if you want to get in touch with us go to her wow. her email you gotta work on this closing yeah it's pushing it. not yeah. cynical at all <laughs> mk do talk at gmail.com uh andy's not here to do all of his whatever the crap he does with our yeah we're new year new look we're not doing that anymore yeah. we've, we've grown we're not immature no no and just wait till when he is here though <laughs> no it's gonna be a way above and beyond it's no he'll still pocket yeah. sand and pocket farts and whatever he does <laughs> i'm sorry that one day it looked like he was putting poop out there <laughs> he was pulling it out of his butt how do we get a new place and get less professional oh man so you you had a great interview and i'm sorry that it was ruined by this i'm just still on she gonna get it <laughs> <laughs> can't wait to watch this i'm gonna i'm gonna walk by and just have that sound clip i can't wait oh. to i can't wait to watch the uh short the uh the chat, the group chat after it airs. <laughs> yeah. Keep us posted. <laughs> she don't got it. Uh. Anyways, website, mkdutalk.com. Email mkdutalk at gmail.com. <laughs> you can't even do it. It's, it's hard. Oh, yeah. I was going to say it's hard, but we can't say that. Uh, for the Yes Man, Jared, of Gotta course, for the... Out. Always absent Andy. We don't know where he's at. He's always absent. Triple A. No, his brother is getting baptized today. Well, I was, we, we said that the last <laughs> I episode. I just want you to pay attention, that's all. No, we said that the last episode. I was trying to go that he's always absent. Yeah, we're not quite sure which which uh, <laughs> sequence these right. episodes are going to air. to keep it streamlined. It's, we're not streamlined. We, he's absent. He's always absent. <laughs> that's where we're going with this. The coach Ryan, <laughs> the host Josh, he's not going with me here. I'm we we don't know who I am yet. That's ha, that's yet to be seen. Nerdy Nick, nerdy Nick. We need a name comments for, for Nick. O two D two. O two D two. I like that one. That might be it. Com- comment names for Nick. Roll music. <laughs> <laughs> We're retarded. 
better than the intro. Chance. <laughs> There's always a chance.